A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your guests. I'm Kim France. We are your hosts. <laughs> <laughs> We're your hosts. You're Kim France. I'm Jen Romolini. Oh, I can, you know, it's so simple, but I never get the intro right. I love it. It is really charming <laughs> to me. It delights me every time. <laughs> it's um, so simple. So today we are trying out some new technology together. We are trying to learn podcasting software. We'll see how it goes. And so we wanted to be guest free today. And we're just going to talk about what is on everybody's mind, which is the holiday season. Yeah, it's true. It's suddenly here. It's suddenly here. You know, traditionally, you know, not my favorite time of year. But I'm kind of getting into it this year. I don't mind. Kind of fun. It's fine. I mean, my kid asked me if I would get those reindeer ears for my car. The antlers. Have you seen this? You don't live in LA. I haven't. That must be. It's horrible. It's like there's antlers that hang out of the side of your doors and they like stick up on the sides and then there's a nose you put on the front. And I did it. I can't believe (laughs) it. That's such a good mom because that's so uncool. It's so embarrassing. I mean, what what is cool at this point? It doesn't even matter. Um, but well, that's for sure true. But what I was thinking about was, do you remember the lucky holiday gift guides? I certainly do. I remember pulling captions out of my ass for that holiday. Like <laughs> this morning, I had a, I had a flashback to a salt cellar that we couldn't think of a caption for. And I was like, it looks like something straight out of the Cotswolds, a place I had never been. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard. Let nobody say that writing all those captions wasn't hard. How do you buy gifts? What kind of gift, what kind of gift person are you? How do you buy gifts? How do you think about gifts? Do you like getting gifts? Let's talk about gifts. Um, I like, 
I like buying, I, what I like, and I never do it, is like, I'm shopping, I run across something that's perfect for someone, like, I should buy it right then. Yes. You know, I should buy it right then, then I have it. But that's a certain kind of person that I'm just decidedly not. Um, but I do like giving gifts, and I get very, uh, you know, I still think it's kind of a problem, you know, because you can't be sure if somebody's, you know. It's so rare that you're like, oh, my God, this is a home run. No, it's really it's really hard. And even years of looking at gifts guides, look, even while I was in the most no I've ever been about what gifts to get people, I still I can struggle. I love buying gifts, especially if you nail it and it's a surprise. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's there's nothing as good like last nothing year. Better. Nothing better when you're just like, oh, my God, that was exactly the right thing. And I thought of it and I got it on time and everything worked out. There's also nothing worse than when you're scrambling and you wind up giving someone like a garbage gift. Like it's I know. <laughs> and you know it is and they know it is. And everything. Or if somebody gives you like the obligation garbage gift and you're like, oh, you just should have got me. No, it doesn't matter. You didn't need you know, to get me this. There was somebody I had to work with at Lucky um, on the business side, mm -hmm. and we um, did not get along. Okay. And every year, she would give me something that was clearly regifted. No. no. Clearly regifted. And I knew that that must only follow that she returned every gift I ever gave her. She, I just, I believe that she must have. Like one year she gave me a huge, huge Joe Malone candle in a Bergdorf Goodman box. Okay. And I gave it to my assistant to return. I didn't, you know, I, I, I was sure it cost a fortune. And Bergdorf was like, well, we'll take it back, but it's not from here. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So anyway, one year I finally decided if she's going to return everything I give her, I'm going to give her food so she can't return it. And then I started, and then I gave her, I gave her caviar every year so that she couldn't, I'm sure she regifted it. What are your mainstay gifts? Like, what is like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what to get this. Like, do you have like a thing that you do when you don't know what to get somebody? Such a good question. You know, if it's somebody I want to thank for something, I'll get them a bottle of something mm -hmm. nice, but. You know, you never know if that's appropriate. I don't have a go-to. I mean, I I generally get, when I'm involved with somebody, I generally buy them clothes because, you know. You do? Wow, that's risky, I feel like. It I is like risky. I feel like that's risky. I, for women, which is much easier, I find, um, I have, like, I get the Claire V, the little pouches, just the little mm -hmm. pouch, not the super expensive ones with the little monogram. That's one of mm -hmm. my go-tos. That's a very good go-to. And then Shop Block has some nice scarves. And they're just like, you know, just a little tie around in the spring. It's not like a heavy wool situation. But I feel like there's a couple of, like, stores that I tend to like. And I'm like, okay, that I always get that as a gift. For kids, I always get those... um those magnet tiles like I have mm -hmm. some things that I just always that are just always in my rotation I used to get these um anytime somebody moved to LA they had these like east coast west coast coasters mm -hmm. 
So yeah, so I have those things. And then I have some people like, I think Helen, Helen, is it Helen Rosner from the New Yorker? Is that her name? Yeah. She does a, pre, she did a really good gift guide this year. Yes. Yes. Really, I read it. really good. And Stacey London has really good gifts in her gift guide too, that I've been, um, really? that she is just on her Instagram that I've been enjoying. Yeah. You know, I usually do gift guides for the blog, but I don't know if I will this year. Why, why not? Are you just fatigued with it or what? I think, and I love my readers and wouldn't change a thing about them. When they're on my blog, they're shopping for themselves. Like they just, they don't do a lot of gift shopping. Yeah. I see no evidence of this. Yeah. It's tough. I, okay. So, so yeah, so that's what I usually do for, for, for people or another good thing is if it's like a man who you want to smell nice, you can get them a gift certificate to like La Labo or something and they can get like a signature scent. Like that sometimes is nice. Increasingly, I think the well-deployed gift card is a fine gift. I think gift cards are fine. And then cash for anyone who's a service person in any, just like I, you double their, their pay for a cleaning yep. person. Cash is just, you know, any, they, don't, they don't want your cookies. Like in my family, gifts were really like, I just remember being home from school with my brother who was also home from school and we went to Tower Records. That's how long ago it was. And okay. just like pointed to the albums we wanted. Like, I want that one. Okay. I'll buy you that one. Okay. So what was, so did you guys, have, did you guys celebrate Christmas? No. Hanukkah. 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 I mean, I knew. I know, but sometimes, sometimes people also do Christmas. Sometimes. I know that's like not a thing, but. No, 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 no. People definitely do. We did not because in Houston, Texas, being Jewish was a very use it or lose it proposition. Okay. Okay. You know? Okay. Um, yeah. But I was always aware of Christmas's vast superiority. I mean, yes. I, yes, I can see that. It was, you know, I'm Italian and. My dad and mom, my dad was pretty Catholic when I was growing up. So like we went to mass on Christmas Eve or Christmas day and all get dressed up and do, do mass. And, and also we were like, had been poor and then had some money. So like, that's like the most splurgy parent in the world, you know, which was mm -hmm. really nice, but it was, it was a little bit decadent. Like anything we wanted for Christmas, we got like a Barbie dream house or what I remember specifically getting the Barbie dream house and being like, oh my God, this is nothing for that. <laughs> um, but I try to keep that pretty, he tried try to keep Charlotte, I try to keep it pretty minimal because it can get so gross. You know, it's really stress out. Yeah. Yeah. They stress out. I went once to um, Catholic mass on okay. Christmas Eve. My older brother, we were all like home from college and my older brother, Mike was like, let's smoke some pot and go to Catholic. Come on. on so Christmas boring. Oh my God. He's like, it's so amazing and fascinating and there's incense and there's music. And we walked in stoned out of our heads. No. <laughs> and I was like, this is not okay. Like, no part of this is okay. These people are taking this seriously as their religion, and you're, like, stoned out of your head. I was like, I have to get out of here immediately. Well, did you have, I mean, the thing is, why would you ever do that? Because the thing is about a Catholic Mass is there's, there's so much choreography. There's, like, 
stand up, sit down, kneel, stand up again, sit down mm-hmm. again, kneel, go to the front. Oh, wait, am I allowed to go to the front? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really confusing as a high person. No, it was very confusing and I needed to get out of there right away. Also, right. just because it was like, this is not a goof. Like, no. this is not a goof. This no. is like religion. No. Yeah. And Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve mass is a pretty serious mass. Like a midnight mass is a pretty, it's a pretty solemn affair. It's not. Yeah. But they, like the first thing the priest, priest, That's right? Priest, priest, yes. Um, said was, we would like to welcome everyone here who does not usually come to this church. And I was like, okay, now we really have to go. Like, Lord, Lord, I am not worthy to receive you. That's that's one yes. of the lines you only say the words and I shall be healed. <laughs> I had to memorize all that shit. I still can't believe it. I can't believe it. I mean, I mean, I, I'm on the fence about religion and spirituality for your kids. And I've thought about like, should where where can there be some God here in this family? And you know, Alex, my husband, is just like, what? Nowhere. There could be no, but I've thought, you know, maybe some sense of, but I haven't been able to find what that would, what that would be. So, but be, wait, before we get off the gift thing, I wonder if you, like me, are a person that other people find it impossible to buy things for. Yes, absolutely. And my response is, please don't buy me anything. Just don't buy me anything. It's totally fine. You know, I've got, I've got enough shit, you know, go, you know. I'm very happy, and I say this sincerely, for someone to make a donation in my name. Yes, but that takes away the sad because the gift giving, the gift giving is not really about you so much. It is about somebody else's gesture toward mm-hmm. you, right? Yeah. So I guess I wonder what is what have been your favorite gifts? My favorite gifts. Um. My mom bought me some beautiful earrings um, during the period when I was depressed and also had cancer. And they were very pretty and they cheered me up. Um, God, I don't fucking know. I'm just I mean, wondering. This is, the type of, this is the type of question that like the answer will occur to me immediately when we're not recording anymore. No, it's totally fine. Um, I just like, it's like when you are a person who has such specific taste, which I know we both are, and I'm not saying that my taste is so fancy or whatever, but my taste is absolutely specific. I know what I like and I like what I like. Go. I thought of something. Go. I was telling my sister-in-law, you know, this time last year or the year before, how much I wanted a Rimowa suitcase. Mm -hmm. And for my birthday, she bought me a Rimowa suitcase. And you had not bought it for yourself in between the time you told her and you got it, which is a miracle. And, and wouldn't have because it like it's just a pricey fucking okay. yeah thing. But that was that was a very she's a very thoughtful gift giver, my sister in law, which is good because my brothers do not they don't communicate in gift. My sister in law similarly actually gave me my favorite gift last year, which was she just found this vintage cardigan. It was just like this 70s, very like fuzzy off-white cardigan. And it just looked exactly like something I would wear. And it was exactly something I would wear. And I didn't have anything like it. And I loved it. And I wear it all the time. It was just like a perfect, like, and it was vintage. Like, it wasn't like she went out and like spent a lot of money. It was just like she saw it and she was like, that is Jen. And she bought it and it was great. But mostly I love getting cookware. 
cookware. That's a good gift. I love a Le Creuset pot more than anything in this world. I could use some new cookware, mom, if you're listening. Well, also, yes. I mean, there's just nothing I love. My husband bought me a big orange Le Creuset, um, like, stock pot or what it's not even that it's something else but i use it all the time and i love it i i love i you're not supposed to get people knives i love a knife i love a good knife because this why are you supposed to get people knives it's like some bad it's like some bad juju i don't know it's like some some violence i don't know (laughs) it's like violent energy i i have no idea um yeah no i mean i'm thinking about the holidays because paul and i agreed to buy each other small things yes okay to just make it a very small thing set holiday and i am a little clueless it's hard i'm a little clueless but it's, it's it's hard and i should be better at it people expect me to be better at it oh that must oh can i you. bring something else out can i bring yes, something else up? of course so so in our reviews the other day somebody said she enjoyed the show except for the host has vocal fry <laughs> And I've given it some thought, and I think it must be me. I must have vocal fry. I think I talk like this. <laughs> well, the thing is, I would say that no one in our generation has vocal fry, that that's like the generation after us. But I do have a little bit of vocal fry. I like it, but I <laughs> I mean, if we want to talk about commenters just for a second, I have, I have a bee in my bonnet. Somebody, somebody wrote us a note and I'm really honestly, this person can fuck off because this is what they said, that we are pathetic and that we should be, that we should never complain about middle age, that we should be showing people how to do it well. And that is like part of my entire problem with what's happening around like as middle age and menopause and everything's getting more attention. It's like. Oh, we're not allowed to bitch about it. Oh, oh, oh yeah, like this is be, this, yeah. This is empowering and wonderful. Yeah, you're a badass. You don't give any fucks now. What the hell? Like, fuck off. <laughs> no, fuck off. Fuck off sincerely. And I, I mean, another thing that we hear much more than that is thank you for talking about the things that other people don't talk about. And you know, so maybe we skew a little complainy. And you know, like I, like I, that was me. I was, I think the episode this person was referring to was that episode that I was having a really hard time, but like I was having a really hard time. I'll tell you, I think this hormone replacement therapy has been working for me. Like I feel leveled out after doing it for a couple months. Like I was depressed. Like it was the disruption in midlife is kind of emotional violence. And like, if I'm sorry, if people don't want to hear about that. But like, I think if we talk about it openly and we share our stories with each other and we share how the negative ways we're feeling, I also, I think that that's good because it makes us feel less alone and less ashamed. And then also to watch somebody get out, moved through it and to know that Mm -hmm. it's not a permanent state is also really good, you know, and just like accepting ourselves wherever we're at. And that's like, the best way you could be as a as a friend as a as a as a support system for somebody like this bullshit this toxic positivity bullshit like i <laughs> you're you're on to something I'm you over it. it i'm over it i don't think it's done us any good 
this girl bossy, put your hands on your hips and be a, a power pose superwoman. I'm just fucking over it. Um, yeah. But that said, I, my therapist said to me this week, you seem like you have a source of inner power again. <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> I feel ready to fight whatever's coming at me. But that, you know, that comes and goes. Well, no, I, I mean, I think acknowledging, acknowledging that part of life right now is absolute shit is moving through it. You know, it is attempting to move through it. And I do think that the whole idea of toxic positivity is a really resonant one for anybody who has been a woman in this culture and knows what people expect of her. Yeah. So, you know, could we focus a little bit more on some of the positive things that happen to the time of life? I guess we could. We could. We could focus a little bit more on those things. We could try. That could be a New Year's resolution. We'll get there in a different episode. We totally could. Um, no, I've been, I've been trying to sort out. So I have a very close family member who I've been really trying to not name as whom this is in my life, but who is anti-vax. And, mm -hmm. and this person is an anti, is a yoga anti-vaxxer, which is, you know, we've talked about this, like my body is a temple anti-vax, whatever. And I've really been trying to understand this person's point of view. So I actually started following like the people they're following on social media so I could sort of see what this is, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's like your Russell Brands and your Joe Rogans. And there is like a, we're part of the resistance. Nobody's going to tell me what to put in my body. So there is like that aspect of it. But then there's like also this like weird, like this one doctor that this person in my life is following. I saw him say, the doctor say, if you just say I'm happy 10 times a day, you'll cure your depression. Oh my God. This reminds me of a story I have. Go ahead. Tell me. Um, so I have talked before about the breakdown I had in 2005 yes um when I was going through a very deep depression then I was prescribed Adderall the Adderall made me bipolar it was a big fucking mess and eventually I realized I had to go away and take care of myself and at this point I had like completely alienated my siblings you know my mom and I were on tricky ground I was not myself. And my mom said to my brothers the night before I went away, you're going over there with me. You're going to see your sister. And one of my brothers said to me that day, you know, I know a man who lost his wife and a child in a plane accident. And he said that every day he woke up and said, I'm a happy person until he became a happy person again. And I was like, Mike, he was a happy person. Like, that's just the, the most ridiculous bullshit. It's such a ridiculous bullshit. And it is this, you know, it's so crazy what's happening. Because so many things are like just hitting this like tipping, but it's like fever pitch tipping point. And it is this, I think this sort of wellness community is coming up against the medical community, at least when it comes to vaccinations. And the wellness community, which can have lots of good things, you know, I guess acupuncture, et cetera. But this idea that we can heal ourselves, we don't need these vaccines, 
our immune systems are strong enough. And then the extension of that one with the happiness thing, we don't need antidepressants. We have control. Mm. It's scientifically disproven. So nothing makes me crazier than people who think that somehow not being on medication for depression or another mental issue is a question of control. It makes me want to shake people. It's, it's really, it's really upsetting. And I don't know if it's a way that people are trying to actually feel in control in like a scary and helpless time, helpless feeling time, you know, this coronavirus mm-hmm. and now there's this new variant and oh my God, and what's going on and blah, 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 blah. And like, maybe it's like, well, my body will just be fine. I'm healthy. My body is strong. I'm not going to live in fear. And maybe that's what it is, is a sense of a false sense of control. Mm-hmm. I've just been trying to understand the point of view of these people that I consider a little bit crazy. I've been trying to understand the point of view of them instead of just being angry. Let's take a quick break for some ads. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin. And I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry leading sustainability. It it meets, sorry, all of the industry leading sustainability standards. You know, I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. 
<laughs> okay, so you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. And we're back. Okay, another thing I wanted to talk to you about today before we before we leave each other in our holiday issue episode is uh, <laughs> holiday music, which is starting, it has been starting for like two weeks and is starting to become omnipresent. And how do you feel about holiday music? I hate every single song <laughs> except for All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. That's it? That's it. That's it. That and that song, her version of that song can can like just elicit enormous joy in me, but that's it. I think there's one slow song. Oh, and Christy Hind has a nice Christmas song. Stevie Wonder has a good Christmas album. There's okay. there's a good Stevie Wonder Christmas album. Frank Sinatra has a couple of good a, a couple of good bops. <laughs> I can't say. Um, but the worst Christmas song of all time is obviously the Paul McCartney Christmas song. Yeah, that's, that's very <laughs> terrible. It's, it's in, it's, I, I can't, I, I mean, there are all, there's so many that are bad. Wait, how do you, how do you feel? Where do you stand on Buble? Michael Buble? Michael Buble. I mean, because I really feel like he owns Christmas. I see, because as a Jew, I, I missed it. I just missed it. <laughs> I don't like Michael Blue. I'm not suggesting that as a non-Jew, I'm into Buble. Are <laughs> uh-huh. oh, saying he is? He is a force to be reckoned with. I'm, I'm saying music. that like everywhere you go, it's just Buble everywhere. It's just like that's just, so funny. The, well, I do very much dislike the period of time around the holidays when all there is playing is music, is Christmas music in the stores. That makes me that makes me a little crazy because yeah. it just it. I don't know. It reminds me of like how excluded i felt from everything growing up in like such a christian place such a baptist place and you know observing a clearly inferior holiday i mean like you guys got a savior we just got like you know a light that would go out it's true it's true it's true hanukkah always did seem exciting to me because you because it was an extended situation every day the, the gift every day, but somehow the gift every day does not equal the pile of gifts underneath the tree. The so what does Christmas, what does Christmas look like in your house? What will you guys do? So I am Italian American, as you know, and we have always had a tradition of the seven fish, the feast of the seven fishes the night before Christmas, Christmas Eve, feast of the seven mm-hmm. fishes. And used to be my great grandfather. So I'm who were immigrants my great-grandparents were all italian immigrants i'm italian all sides and it used to be we'd go to my great-grandparents house and it was like a a literal feast like my great-grandfather was like making like pizza with anchovies on it and then there would be this kind of fried fish and you know frito misto which is all this and and then spaghetti and clams and then um bacala which is the salted cod salad and so, I mean, it was seven different dishes, seven different fishes. 
And oh my God. It's pretty, it's it, as a culinary situation, it's a pretty amazing tradition. I mean, if you, if you mm-hmm. like seafood and whatever. And so I have now taken that tradition on for the past, I don't know, almost 10 years. I've been the one who, who has it every year. And so I'll do that again this year. Um, going to have to have people have tests, COVID tests before they yep. come over. And not everybody's psyched about that, but I'm like, this is the way we gather now. Um, yeah. So so that's what Christmas Eve looks like. So Christmas Eve, I cook this this huge feast. And then um, at the end, everybody goes home and my husband does all the dishes. And I sit with a cup of eggnog that my friend Christy makes, which is the booziest eggnog. And she brings me a whole, a whole bottle of it. And... I sit with a cup of eggnog and watch the family stone by myself. Sounds kind of perfect. And and get a little bit high. And that is it. And then and set up and set up all the kid gifts. And then, you know, Christmas Eve, Charlotte doesn't believe in Santa anymore. They claim mm-hmm. they never believed in Santa, which I'm like, come <laughs> on, I was there. You mean there, <laughs> there was some Santa times. And then after that, we go away with my husband's family. Um, we've gone away different places. Christmas Day is actually, because I'm always looking, at, as you know, for travel hacks. And Christmas Day is weirdly um, a good, if you're, gonna, if you're willing to travel on Christmas afternoon, it's a good time to travel. But this year, we're just going to Palm Springs with my husband's side of the family. So Christmas Eve, we spend with my side of the family. Then Christmas Day, we spend with my husband's side of the family. And, and that's what it looks like. And then, I don't know. That, I really like the cooking, obviously. Like, that's really fun for me. And I like entertaining. And I'm excited to decorate my house and entertain again. Because if you really go for it and you let Christmas just, like, barf all over your house, I try to make it, like, one of those Indian restaurants on the Lower East Side. Perfect. And it's just, like, that's the way it should be. If you're going to go for it, just fucking go for it. None (laughs) of this, like, you know, tasteful, like... Swedish design, which is like, yeah, it's not, it's not it. all at it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not, a, it's not the, the decorations for Christmas are not inherently tasteful. No, they're it's not. True. So you just have to be tacky about it. So we'll just, I'll just full tacky out the house starting probably this week. But then, but then Christmas leads into the other problematic holiday of the season, which is New Year's Eve. Yes. I've thoughts. I ignore it. I just ignore it most every year. I mean, if I can, I, I've had years when I like arranged to be on a plane coming home from a trip on, you know, at midnight. I just, it's not a holiday. I nothing really just nothing. Um, my mom gets invited to more new year's parties than I do. Like she honestly does. Um, I, you know, it depends on like what the situation of my life is, you know, but I've spent a lot of the New Year's, like in the last 20 years at home alone, going to bed before midnight, perfectly happy. Okay. Well, what was the best? Okay. What was the best New Year's Eve you've ever had? I don't know. I'm killing you today. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. When I was in my 20s and 30s, my mom lived downtown and I used to like pay for her to stay in a hotel overnight so I could throw a New Year's party at her house. And I threw about three parties that were all really, really fun. The last one, I was about 29. Yeah. 
Yes, 20, that's a great time to have a party. Late 20s, I feel like before, right before people have kids and just like, but also you're kind of, you're not like barfing all over the place. Like it's like mm-hmm. that sweet spot where you can, you can party without children, but you're not gross. I feel like that's, yeah. that was, that was a nice time. Um, yeah. We went to Keene's Steakhouse one year for New Year's Eve, great. which was great. And the best part of it was as we were walking out, Elaine Stritch was walking in no, and twirled and had a huge fur coat on and twirled my husband around, like no, grabbed him and twirled him around. Happy New Year's, honey, and gave him a kiss on the cheek. And that was, we'll never top it. <laughs> no, you won't top that. It was, that That's was really good. That was really good. But I, I like having a New Year's Eve party. I like controlling the narrative of New Year's Eve. I'd much rather have it at my house than go somewhere. Oh, yeah. I think that's why I threw parties, because I just wanted to know what I was doing and that it would be fun. We went away with friends for New Year's a couple of years ago, which was fine. I mean, it just gets complicated. It gets complicated with kids. Parties just generally get complicated with kids because if you're drinking, I know the kids witnessed all kinds of drinking when we were growing up. You know, it was just mm-hmm. like, you know, people were more dressed up for parties and more drunk and people were smoking and whatever. But I found that the two don't really mix. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I found that even though I thought that was going to be something that was cool, that it actually didn't, it didn't, it's not great. So mostly parties with a cognizant child are just much more tame affairs and everybody goes home early and you barely make it till midnight. We've had a couple of like, New Year's Eve parties pre-pandemic that were like, okay, that was fine. We all hugged each other. Yay. Okay. Next question, holidays, New Year's resolutions, thoughts. I have some, um, like personal matters I have to attend to. Okay. Like just, just like nothing interesting, really boring, just shit I've been putting off. Okay. So I feel like I have to take care of that. Do you make a list? Do you ever make, do you make a list of like, like things you want goals? No, because I don't mean, do you, do you, do you, do you? I can get, it depends. I can get real bullshit with myself and like, be like, oh my God, this is, I can get into the whole, like going back to magazines, the new year, new you sensibility. Mm -hmm. Like I can really be like, okay, I'm going to not have my phone in my bedroom. And I'm going to like read more books. And these are the, these are my intentions for this year, you know, and I would like to, mm-hmm. by the end of this year, I would like to have, you know, whatever my career things are. And, you know, I'd like to have resolved this issue and be more present, have better perspective. But, you know, by, by March, everything's gone to shit. It's funny though, what you said though, because intention really is a much better word than resolution. Yes. Yes. A better way to think about it. Yes. So I think that I do set intentions for the year, but then I don't think that I actually keep those intentions necessarily. But I just am not one of those kinds of people, like, like a bullet journaler. There's like this, this, like, there's all these, know. Dude, you know, it's just like, there's so many ways to like live. Do you have a planner? Are you, do you have like a, like a physical planner? No. And I miss them. I miss them. I, you know, I, I, for years I had a file of facts and I loved it. I loved it. It's not the same on my phone. 
No, it's not the you same. Know, because, because I have those, I still have those pages of my file effects back from those years. And they're a really like good record of the time in a way that like a phone calendar can't be. Yes. You yes. know, like you can't see what you scratched out and changed and whatever. Yeah. It's a good, um, it's a good archive. It's a good archive for where you were and what you did, which increasingly yeah. just, you know, seems like it kind of just goes by so fast. And it's like, what? Oh, you know, my husband makes a list every year of every single thing he reads and watches. So like as he's going through the year, like if we watch this show, if we watch this movie, he keeps a log of everything. Yeah, that's so funny because I know he admired a former boyfriend of mine. Yeah. Who he worked with. Yes. And that boyfriend um, never graduated college and had a huge complex about it. And so he was constantly trying to see and experience and read and listen to everything so he could make up for this education he imagined himself not to have gotten. And he would write down on big index cards everything he wanted to do. And then after he did it, he would scratch it out, like, you know, violently so you could never see what was there before. And I heard that one of his girlfriends after me took one of them and got it framed, which I thought was kind of great. That's a real, that's a real quirk. Well, he was full of quirks. That was a quirky boyfriend. That that's was a, sure. yeah, that was a quirky boyfriend. That's funny. We've never, we don't really talk about that. The, the fact that I was working for you and Alex was working for your ex-boyfriend. It was, it was a, that was a weird, that was, that was a weird, <laughs> a weird, a weird moment in time. Very funny. A weird moment in time. Um, what oh, else God. is on your mind this week? Well, I'm really annoyed because I've got a bad knee. And I have a torn meniscus and it healed. I thought I was going to need surgery and then it kind of healed itself yeah. in the time that I kept putting off the surgery. Yeah. And now it's back. Now it's back. And I'm just so fucking annoyed. Oh, no. When did it come? I remember you almost getting surgery like last year and then it going away. And now when did it come back and why? Like this week. I don't fucking know. I mean, with torn meniscuses, it's all about how they hang. Okay. And so you just make a weird move and it hangs a different way and then you're in pain all the time. Okay. Okay. So, so very annoyed about that. I really wish that wasn't happening. Um, but other than that, everything's, you know, pretty fine. I don't know what's on my mind. I, I, I you know, I've been thinking about writing again a lot. Yeah. You know, and I also I think because you've been writing and being really productive and I've been you know, an ed a book editor got in touch with me about doing a project and I'm like, I'm never signing another book contract. But that doesn't mean I don't want to write something. And I don't know, I feel more self-protective than I did a while ago about writing. Yeah. 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 It makes sense. I mean, what I'll say is, and I think that, you know, sometimes we think this stuff is is bullshit. Um, you know, all of the tips and tricks and like, what, it, what is the great writing advice and whatever. I will say that it is consistency that it is yep. that because, and it's not just because it's like, oh, I'm working the muscle, whatever. It's because you get over the self-protective, you get over all of the, if you're thinking about writing rather than just writing, you're just mm -hmm. stuck in the overthinking what it's going to be rather than what it is. 
which is just yeah. actually just like moving, moving words. It's just, it's just moving words around and building sentences. Ultimately, it's the, it's all of our thoughts surrounding it that cause us the problem, I think. So I think that when you just start doing it every day, which I haven't now done it for a week and I'm like, I'm not, I'm getting back into the panic mode mm -hmm. and it's just sort of melting all of that surrounding and just sitting down and being, because you know how technically you know how to craft sentences. You technically know how to do it. And that's a skill. And that's a, that's a yeah. real skill that not everybody has, right? But you're blocked because there's just all this shit that's surrounding it. And it's just like writing it down, making it better until it sounds good, figuring your way into the idea. And then it's focusing yep. on the idea. You know. I think you that make that's it sound it. so simple. It's not so simple. It's it's fucking awful and hard, but it's in your head. The hard part is in your head. And it's almost like by doing it every day, you're getting around your head. You just like you're you're sort of um, yep, yep, yep. You know you're, what I mean? You're, you're yeah, you're you you built a workaround. You build a workaround on the things that are blocking you, which is this is gonna be horrible, or what if what if I don't like what if I don't know how to do this? What if I, you know. But why don't want to talk about that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm running into all kinds of problems in my book, particularly in protecting people, protecting family members, you know, not wanting wanting to tell the truth, but being afraid of how that will hurt other people. Like I'm starting to run into those problems. And mm -hmm. now I'm going to have to sort out how to do that. Like now it's like another technical challenge, but at least you're in it. It's not, yep, you're not yep. in the, you're not in the theoretical writing, you're in the actual writing. So it's like, okay, like I might interview my parents for this book. I haven't mentioned that to them yet, but like, because I'm feeling like, are my memories accurate? And it's not fair that they don't get a say. I think that's very good thinking. I think, and I also think it will only strengthen your book. Yeah. You know, you want it to be about what really happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, and so in those things, which you know, because you did shit like this all the time, those things, the practical things are actually kind of fun. Like, okay, well, I'll have, then I'll have the transcript for them. Oh, let's see how I'll slot that into this thing I already have. Like, then it's mm -hmm. just like, then it's like technical and you know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that you asked no, me for unsolicited advice, but you know. <laughs> no, it's a difference between being inside the bubble or outside the bubble. Yes. And I want to see you writing. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm, I'm giving you all this unsolicited advice. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm getting it from all sides lately. I need to start writing again. Just, I mean, you don't, have, you don't need to do anything. I think it might be rewarding for you and you might feel I think satisfied. I might, and, yes. I think I might be happy. I think I might be happy to have written something. It, right. To have written. Once it's written, I think there will be a level of, of satisfaction that will be worth the bullshit leading up to it. That you will feel like accomplishment. Yeah. You know? I hope so. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You will. You will. I mean, unless you get into like then a negative spiral of like, well, why did I even do this? This isn't any good. This <laughs> So funny. I can see your cat, like your cat's tail just emerged oh, from behind you. That's a dog. That's my dog. Oh, that's a dog? It looked like a cat's tail, huh? No, that's my dog. doggy. That's my dog. <laughs> dog, dog. So many dogs. 
Well, all right, look, I don't know how our technical um, test is going to work, but I think we did an episode. I think we did. Feels like an episode. Thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We're your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, please rate and review it across the platforms wherever you're listening to podcasts. It helps us get the word out. If you want to support the show, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com backslash everything is fine. We blog there. We publish bonus content, including exclusive episodes. We also do a live monthly event, which we didn't do last month, but we will be doing this month. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on Instagram at EIF Podcast. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. And you can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.